Good evening and welcome to another episode of Unstoppable Overcomers and I'm your host Dorothy Odell for this evening. I just want to give a shout out to today's sponsor of uh, to the sponsor of today's show which is thekimbra.com. Uh, so if you have any anything any um what's the right word I'm looking for? I apologize. Any need to have more time, money, and freedom in your life, then this is definitely the rituals that you want to get your hands on. So go to www.thecamera.com and connect with them today. And I have the distinct pleasure of bringing Holly Higgins up on stage here. So welcome, Holly. Hi, Dorothy. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. This show has been like, it seems like forever in the making. <laughs> We we connected a while ago and and here we are today. And so for those of you that have no idea who Holly is, Holly, just share with our audience a little bit about who you are um, and what do you do? Uh, uh, well, I I'm I'm a mom and I'm a grandmom, granny to eight, mom to seven, and I'm a gold star mother. Um, and that has led me on the journey that I'm on, uh, Gold Star um, refers to the fact that my son was killed in Afghanistan. He was in the Air Force, and I'm, I'll tell you more about him in a little bit. Um, because of him, I am now a storytelling coach, and I co-facilitate storytelling workshops for veterans and their families and families of the fallen and first responders and their families, helping them to find their voice tell their story and learn how to tell it in the service of others. And I'm also the liaison for families that have fallen with the hero's journey. And those workshops are also all with the hero's journey. Wow. That's incredible. <laughs> in order to be able to do that, you know, after losing your husband or your son, um, that's incredible. You know, um, I, for those of you that didn't hear Holly's uh, story, uh, you did, I think it was around Veterans Day about, uh, with the poppy, the significance of the poppy, right? And wow, that was just so powerful. Um, may, perhaps maybe we'll talk about that tonight. We never know, right? So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Holly. And that is a, a lot, you know, um, that you do. And thank you so much for your service to to our veterans and to um, other Gold Star families. It's, it, you know, I've just dis discovered, and it's kind of interesting because I, 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 I learned this from my son after he was killed, but I learned it through an experience I had with him when he was in college, when his girlfriend broke up with him and it was excruciatingly painful for a young man at 19. And event, and I ended up telling him, you, you know, the best way to get through this grief and this pain is to serve. So he jumped right in head first, got, and that was right around Katrina, went to the Red Cross, got trained, got involved in service, moved forward and never looked back. And interestingly, that his service has been the key ingredient to my healing and restoring my hope and joy when he was killed. So I kind of give him the, the kudos because he did it. I did tell him, I, I you know, it sounded good to me. <laughs> and it turned out to be the best advice I could have given him and came back to bless me many years later. Right. You know, I've never heard it that way. And, and that it just makes sense, right? Because if you're serving others, then your focus isn't on your own, what you're, what you're going through. So I can totally identify with that for sure. Absolutely. Great advice, mom. Great advice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you in here too, I noticed that you, um, you're also with another organization, the Heroes the hero's journey. Is that correct? That's the, yes, that's the organization that I work with. And we have two, um, two programs and that's those two programs. One is a play that, um, our founder who is Lieutenant Colonel retired Scott Mann. He was in the army for 23 years and 18 of those years he was green beret. And he wrote this play during his transition, which was 
very difficult for him, even though he um, retired at the top of his game as this lieutenant colonel, family and marriage intact, jobs set on the outside, contracts, you know, everything all set up. It was still a very difficult transition for him, as it is for our, all of our veterans. There's there's a, a, an issue with, I think, um, losing their identity, you know, especially if they've been in that since they were, you know, college age in the, in the military. And um, so in the, in the course of his transition, he wrote this play and it is a composite of many different characters. They're all true stories. The whole, the whole play, it's a two act play with a runtime of 150 minutes with a 15 minute intermission. It's a long play, but it is, it goes so fast. I can tell you it is, it's a ride. It's um, it, it immerses you in combat. It takes you to Afghanistan, brings you back to the U.S., to the living room, to the family, shows both sides, and um, ultimately validates, at, you know, the pain that the military and their families go through. But it also um, ends up, and the ending is amazingly beautiful with hope and restoration of joy and hope and meaning and purpose. You walk out of that knowing that the sacrifices were well worth everything, every bit of it. And even those of us who've sacrificed everything feel very confident that it was worth it. And, um, and then, and we now, so he wrote that play and it went on, they went on the road, the hero's journey. He's the founder of the hero's journey took the play on the road in 2018 and then in 2020 it got shut down like the whole world did from the pandemic and they made a film and that's on amazon prime right now we'll stay there permanently and it was on amazon prime that gary sinise saw it and he contacted scott and sponsored our past year so had a, he said this has got to go back on the back on the road. It's live theater. There's nothing like live theater. And, and so um, we've just wrapped up our 2023 um, performances this last week and uh, just got home. And we ended in Tampa, Florida, where we started a year ago. And we've been to Tampa, DC, Chicago, San Diego, Phoenix, um, Milwaukee, I, I, I just all over the you know, all over the place. And um, it is, it is. And when we go to each tour stop, we, we provide uh, a storytelling workshop for veterans and family members and their tickets to the play too are fully funded. So they don't, they don't pay to come to the play and we don't charge them for those workshops. They are fully funded too. And it's, yeah. And then in between the play, we do two day workshops all over the country. Um, and so our new partner that we just discovered this past few weeks, our new partner for 2024 is Tunnel to Towers. And yeah, they are amazing. And they are taking us to New York City first off. So it's going to be an exciting year ahead. Absolutely. That, that does sound exciting. I just want to give a shout out here. We have Jeffrey Knight, who is a veteran himself. He says, uh, hello, loss of identity and purpose transitioning out is real. Absolutely. And he would know that for sure. <laughs> you know, he was um, lieutenant. I know he made it to lieutenant. Uh, I, I I tried to remember all the ranks, but unfortunately I can't. Um <laughs> Every branch is a little different too. That, that, that is true. That is true. And I know Jeffrey's one of my veterans that wouldn't give me too much hassle about that. There are some that would, but Jeffrey is, <laughs> is very kind. <laughs> uh, so thanks Jeffrey for listening in. Um, you know, that is, that has got to be part, that is amazing. You know, being part of something like that, uh, the hero's journey. And I will have to make a point to go see one at some time, Lieutenant Colonel. I was going to say that, but I didn't want to make myself wrong. So I was guessing that when you said he made it too, because if he was a Lieutenant, I know he would have started as a Lieutenant right. for, for commissioned. I've learned a lot since my son was 
<laughs> well, and that's funny because I I didn't really realize what an all-star family meant. I thought it was something completely different, but I got very much educated by um, one of our ladies that is part of Angels 14 as well that serves all uh, gold star families. So when I heard that an actual gold star family is somebody that actually lost somebody in combat, I was just like, wow, that's, that is, um, you know, that's incredible that there's more, more um, backup and support uh, for, for these families. Cause I'm, I, I can't even imagine what that would have been like, uh, you know, to get that phone call that you know your son was gone um so and here you are now serving other gold star families so wow and so what you said the new year is going to be um you have tunnels tunnels to tunnels tunnel tunnel to towers if if you're not familiar with them it's a huge organization that um began right after 9-11 and their their name is based on um, the act of a firefighter that day who had just finished his shift and was leaving the city to go home when um, he heard what on the radio what was happening, drove back to the fire station, got his equipment, and tried to take the, the bridge to the towers. But the bridges were closed for security reasons by then. So he took 60 pounds of equipment on his back and went through the tunnels to get to the towers to work, to help. Um, And he did work all day, but he ultimately himself was killed that day. So um, that's why it's called tunnels, tunnel to towers and or T to T. And they've, they've been in in existence since February of 2012. Because it was right after 9-11. Right. Wow. 2002, I'm sorry. February 2002, because it was right after 9-11-01. So, um, and they, their, their, primary, um, their primary gifts to the community and the charity is started mostly building homes for the surviving spouses who had dependent children, who's, you know, had died in like from as a firefighter first responder in in um that day and it's just grown now to taking care of fam the gold star families too and making sure they have homes and um they do many other things too but that that's the big thing and and what i want to say about this and i've just met them i just we spent a week with them last week and they are so amazing Oh, they 95 cents to every dollar that is donated to them is used for their charity directly. So they're amazing. Um, just a really, and like I said, they're partnering with us this year. And so we will be traveling again and going to, going to New York city. And I'm excited for that one. A lot of people on, on the West East coast have been asking, we were on the West coast last year. Um, and, uh, hope we can get back there again, but yeah uh, and i'm sure you love it new york we were just in new york um end of end of august beginning of september and we got to see the um where the twin towers were uh be at ground zero and it was such an experience um you know i'm very empath uh very much an empath and just being there it was just like i I said to my mom, like, I can't even really describe it. It's like a whole feeling um, while you're there. And so, I mean, it was, it's something that you have to go there to experience yourself. It's not something that you can put into actual words of what, um, you know, I took pictures and everything like that, but just to experience it, to be there is is something else. Um, So, yeah, that is so awesome that you get to partner with them, though, you know. Who knows? That, the world is your oyster. <laughs> that location reminded me when we were there many, like in 2012, I went out there and it reminded me of my visit to um, Arlington National Cemetery. I had that same feeling, that of sacredness. This is sacred. These lives were, so many lives were lost. So it's, yeah. it's a very sacred place. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
And so um, getting back a little bit now to your, to your story, uh, did you want to share a bit about, about the, you know, what the poppy meant to you and that, and I know you said, I don't, I know you had used the cup that your son had given you as well, uh, incorporated that into your story. Did you want to share a little bit about that? Um, I do. I, I would love to. I meant to have it handy and I didn't bring it in my room here, but um, I can probably pull up a picture of it if that helps later, maybe. Um, but let me, I guess my story starts with, um, well, I guess I'll start it with the, the beginning of the poppy story it starts in um, the summer of 2003 when Danny was 16 and he went to Europe for the summer with a drama group and he traveled with this drama group to 16 different countries and um, he brought home a gift you know everybody got little gifts and my gift was up with a blue cup with red flowers that was really pretty and as I was opening it up he said I got to tell you about this mom first of all you want, I want you to know it's a second like, I don't care. I wouldn't have known. It's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I saw it at this. It was the only one. It was Scotland, Danoon, Scotland, in a crockery shop. It was the only one like it. He said he just felt drawn to it and had to get it. And they told him, well, this is a second. Are you sure you want it? We'll see if we've got a better one. And they didn't. And he said, no, I have to have this one for my mom. So that was really sweet. Now, at that time, too, we had never talked about military. That was never in the radar. In fact, my um, my boys really knew very little about my dad. And the reason I didn't talk about the military is because my dad, my experience with my father, who was a World War II combat veteran who came home from the war, like so many of his generation, and said nothing. Nothing about the sights, the sounds, the smells, the horrors and atrocities he was exposed to. But he dealt with it. He drank and he drank and drank. And by the time I was born, which was more than 10 years after that war had ended, he had become a raging, violent and dangerous man. And um, he uh, did seek treatment, but not until his addiction cost him everything, including his health. And sadly, he only lived two years in sobriety. But during those two years he discovered the healing power of storytelling through his connection with aa and pride and they tell stories every night and they heal you know so just before his death he told me one combat story and that one story answered every that the, the whys every why i cried myself to sleep with as a child every night and at 20, and I was only 21 when he died. He was quite a bit older um, because, it, you know, I was at the end and and he had suffered a long life. And uh, well, wasn't long in my book now. He was only 67. But uh, I felt like at 21 years old, I knew I understood that all of the damage and all of the pain in my family was the responsibility of the military, of the United States military. I dumped it all on them. And after the flag was folded at his funeral, I turned my back and I told myself, I will never have anything to do with the military ever again. So, um, and my boys weren't born until many years after my father had died. So they didn't know anything about it. And uh, we didn't talk about the military, but when Danny came home from his freshman year of college, best year he'd ever had academically, best year, which is unusual. <laughs> he went off and just shined in college and he knew he made new friends, new adventures. I mean, he had a great high school career too with his brothers, but um, he decided he was going to set it all aside for a few years to enlist in the United States Air Force. And my heart fell to my feet. And um, I, you know, spent that summer he, we, we had discussions that summer. <laughs> he discussed and I cried. That's pretty much what happened. And I kept praying that God would give me the words to change his mind, to talk him out of it. 
And in August of the end of that summer of 2006, now I'd had that really pretty cup, by the way, at that point for three years, I was drinking out of it every morning and just, you know, really appreciated that sweet gift from him. And by on August, in August of 2006, one day I was out in the backyard picking, you know, working in the back garden and Danny quietly came out and kneeled beside me and silently started pulling weeds with me. So now every mom that hears this would know like I did. And even if you, if you had kids or you know a kid or you were a kid, you would know something's up. And sure enough, he had received notification that he was part of an exceptional group of recruits that was invited to be sworn in at the Chicago Air and Water Show in front of a general. Be sworn in by a general in front of dignitaries. It was a high honor, and he really wanted me there. And I rocked back up on my heels while he patiently pulled weeds. Didn't say a word. I knew what was coming. He had already mentioned this all to me, waiting for confirmation. And I just cried out in my heart for the magic words that would change his mind. And I looked at him and I said, this is so hard because I love you so much and I'm afraid. The moment I spoke those words, I was reminded of what I taught him and his brothers and sisters about love and fear. So those magic words didn't change his mind. They changed my heart. And I told them, because I love you more than I'm afraid of anything, I'll be there. And so the following weekend, my husband and I stood behind that velvet rope on a hot sandy beach in Chicago and witnessed what was up until that point, the most honorable and noble ceremony we had ever witnessed. And when it was over, I told him I was humbled. and. Um, the and then months later, we were down at Eglin Air Force Base, where he graduated from basic training, not Eglin, I'm sorry, Lackland Air Force Base in San Antonio, where he graduated from basic training um, in the top 10. And he stood so straight and tall in his crisp new uniform, and he talked to me about what, what commitment and integrity meant to him. The transformation was astounding. So... That time I was impressed and I told him. And then it was months later, we were at Eglin at the Naval School of Explosive Ordnance Disposal, which they refer to as EOD. We, refer, us civilians call it Bomb Squad. Bomb Squad, where he graduated with honors. First time through, and I've since read that 30%, only 30% ever make it through the first time, let alone with honors. So he was amazing. And um, that, that service was awe-inspiring. And um, I was so proud to be his mom. And I made sure to tell him. And then it was three years later. In, on October 5th of 2010, he was deployed to Afghanistan. And on that date, after a long day of disarming IEDs, and um, the, the military's told us that they estimate five lives saved per each IED safely disarmed. Of course, that's an estimate. But they did six that day. So they had saved a lot of lives that day. And, and one of the um, traditions that Danny had started before he left for each deployment, after we hugged and said, I love you, he would start walking, turn around and say, don't forget, I'm going to save lives, not take them. So he saved a lot of lives. And on that day, they were done. They wanted to call end of the day. And they had a bomb dog they were working with who kept going to the same spot over and over, indicating there was something there. And their equipment wasn't picking it up. And the combat engineer um, had gone back several times and with the equipment, nothing there. They called the end of the day. And they were attached, the combat engineers they were attached to in the, with infantry was the Canadian Army because Air Force doesn't have infantry. So they would get attached to different branches and this particular mission was the Canadians. And um, Dan, my boys were all born up in northern Minnesota, right on the border, right in the boundary waters. And so he felt like he had this special affinity with the Canadians and he had made several friends and he talked about one of them 
Um, and you being a Canadian can appreciate this. Um, told this, but we were like northern Minnesota. I taught, said that. So so right below Quetico Provincial Park. So they had all these plans to meet, come in, you know, meet with the boy, the brothers and the boy. We all knew about this, this guy he was particularly close to. So they were leaving the next day. So he told his teammates who was going over to say goodbye. And on his way to the Canadians, he walked past the area that the dog had been indicating there was something. And he stepped right on the pressure plate. Wow. And, yeah. And um, there was only one life lost in that blast, thankfully. Um, and when I came out of that thick fog of profound grief, the first words I could articulate was that I was grateful. Just so grateful that I had supported him in his journey with the US military, which baffled a lot of my family and friends who knew my previous experience. And it got back to me, you know, there were people saying, wow, you know, had he, if he hadn't been in the military, he wouldn't have been in Afghanistan and he wouldn't have been killed at 23 years old. And that's all possible. But what I'm grateful for is that on that hot August afternoon, I chose to trust love over fear. And because if I hadn't, we all know our kids, he still would have gone to that noble and, and honorable humbling ceremony in Chicago. I would have missed it. He still would have graduated with honors. And, and, we, and the top 10% and from basic training and stood straight and tall in his crisp uniform. And I, there's a memory I carry from that I wouldn't have. At the end of the weekend, after we hugged goodbye, he turned on his heel and he started to glide away. And I always thought, you know, basic training, they learn to march and run and jog in formation. But Danny just glided. And he glided away. And my husband leaned in and he said he left home a boy. Look at that confident young man. And I wouldn't have that. And he still would have graduated with honors from the Naval School of Explosive Ordnance Disposal. Mm -hmm. And I would have missed that awe-inspiring ceremony. And he still would have been deployed to Afghanistan and been killed 7,000 miles from home on a dusty road. And the only difference there is he would have died not having heard me tell him how proud I had become of the man he had become. So I will forever be grateful. And that's one of the things that's important to me to impart to families, to find things to be grateful for, because that brings us, when we find what remains, whatever it is, there's, we all have them, things that we can be grateful for, that starts healing us. And then when we can talk about it, telling our stories brings us healing so to get to that poppy cup, um, it uh, I after he was killed, that cup became the most treasured cup in the cupboard, of course. And I wouldn't let anyone else drink out of it, or even wash it or dry it because they might break it. You know, I used it every day. And in 2017, after having that cup for 14 years, I dropped it myself, broke right in half. And I thought, oh, it's a good clean break. I planned to glue it back together and set it on my nightstand in pieces. And that year on Veterans Day, I was reading the, um, the biography of another Canadian. And my heart is in Canada. <laughs> another Canadian. We're Lieutenant glad to have Colonel, you. <laughs> <laughs> Lieutenant Colonel John McRae. Do you know that name? Okay, so yes, I, yes. <laughs> I was biography, and I'd gotten to the point where it said he was from a place called Guelph, Ontario, when I got a phone call. And it was one of those Canadians that, and it was the one specifically Dad had told his brothers about, Tim, who was going to come and hang out and all that. And Tim, it had taken Tim seven years to call me because his transition was so dark. His coming home from Afghanistan was so tough, but he, he had gotten to a place where he could do it. So he made the call and we 
Um, we talked and I told him, I still want you to come and meet his brothers. We would love to. We heard about you. We want to meet you. Um, come to join the family for our gathering, da, da, da. And he was very open to it. And um, and then I said to him, I said, um, by the way, where in, well, I, I, where in Canada, because that's such a big country, are you from? And he said, oh, I'm from a place called Guelph, Ontario. And I was like, what are the odds? You know, and um, I I hung up the phone and I immediately thought of my cup and something clicked after 14 years. I looked at that cup. I looked, ran to my bed and looked at it. And I realized those red flowers that I had been looking at without seeing for 14 years were poppies. And I knew in that moment, immediately, that's why Danny was drawn and compelled to get that cup. He had to have that cup for his mom. And the message was to me that he was destined. He was destined to die on a battlefield. John McRae, for anyone listening who doesn't know that name, is the he was a lieutenant colonel army surgeon in the Canadian Army in World War One, And he's also a poet. And he wrote the poem in Flanders Fields, where poppies blow between the crosses, row on row. And um, and that's, it was from that poem that was published on December 8th of 1915, um, which is really just the, all of these little things that snapped together for me. December 8th is my birthday. And that was okay. the day that poem was well, published. Happy birthday. <laughs> but, but the point, you know, it was like, oh, wow. And that poem made poppies viral for representing death on a battlefield and i i have now found such peace in knowing that that was danny's destiny he completed his destiny and when i showed it to my husband and told him he was like oh my gosh and he's like do not ever glue that cup back together because it represents your heart broken wide open and it's it's more usable now than it was because it's wide open. It loves more and accepts more, gives more. So I kept it in the two pieces. And just to take you to the very end of how we found out what the second, how Danny had said it was a second, what that turned out to be. This summer, as I was packing for one of our trips, or one of our tour stops, I was you know, taking some things out of my nightstand and I saw the cup again and I looked and I took notice and I'm, I might be a little slow noticing things. Inside one of the halves was a blue flower with the Latin name under it. And of course, when you, if you use it, you're not going to see what look at what's inside of it. So I didn't pay attention to it for years. And I noticed it's blue. And so I looked up the, the name. It said Agapanthus. And that is um, also Lily of the Nile, which is a blue flower. And so I thought, well, that's what made it a second, you know, and then <laughs> clearly it should have been a poppy and the Latin name for poppy. And then I decided for fun to look up what, where agapanthus came from, the, the Greek words for that Latin word. And it came from two Greek words, agape, panthus, which is flower, means flower. And agape is love. And it means God's love, uh, unconditional, boundless love. And I knew that, but I hadn't read the definition in a long time, probably since I was a teenager. So I decided to look that up for fun, too, and reread that. And I saw a word I'd never seen in that definition a lot years ago. Um, boundless, unconditional, godly, sacrificial. Never saw that word there before. Sacrificial love. And it all just came to me that that's why that was a second and why Danny was supposed to give that to me because what happened was a sacrifice. And um, our founder who wrote this play has a line in the play that's part of his story. It's all real stories, it's a compilation. And there's a line that's his piece where he pulls off a remembrance bracelet that he has on his arm. And he says, I have 23 of these remembrance bracelets because 23 men died doing what he told them to do. And he carries this weight of survivor's guilt um and i wrapped up that other half and i gave it to him and said next time that weight feels heavy remember that they that, that this was their destiny 
they chose to do something that to make a sacrifice and nothing you did or said could have stopped it or caused it that was there and and then and and I, and when i met with tim finally our canadian who came to join our family the first night we were all together as it got late everybody went to bed except my three surviving boys and me and tim and we sat around the fire started out telling stories about the guys growing up in northern canada northern minnesota with and and, and um, all the funny stories but as the evening went on it got more somber and finally tim opened up and he said you know i told you it was a dark dark time for me and i went through a lot of treatment in hospital prior to treatment had become addicted to heroin and alcohol and attempted suicide several times and then hospitalized and during that treatment able to treat the the post-traumatic stress and after eight years now at that point it had been eight years no longer experiencing any flashbacks no more hyperstartle reflex no more nightmares no no using substances and no meds but the only thing and he said that he struggles with at times and that night was there really painfully on his shoulders and in his heart he sometimes asked himself if the wrong man came home and he told us that he was the combat engineer that missed the ied and he was he was in the truck and he watched danny step on it and he saw what happened and that played a part in his his eight years of um struggle but when he said all that and we're all quiet and my boys were digesting it all because of that cup i was able to say tim the right man came home danny fulfilled his destiny it was his destiny to die on that battlefield not yours yours was to come home so mm -hmm. welcome home brave warrior and he said after eight years of professionals, family, and friends all telling him it wasn't his fault. It was Danny's mom that cleared that up for him and his heart and his soul. Wow. Okay, so I'm sitting here crying. I don't know if anybody else is watching this, but, you know, um, it, that is the power of sharing your story, right? And and I love the way you tell it is, is like, each time I get something different out of it because that's the second time I've listened to your story and it, it is so powerful and so moving. And uh, Jeffrey's sitting here saying chills. Absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, what an honor to be able to sit there and talk with him. Right. Like I can't even imagine like just as much as honor for you as it was for Tim to be there. Right. And awesome. I absolutely love that you are so familiar with with what some of the Canadians do because not too many Americans do. I love all my Americans, big love, but they just really don't have a clue what happens here in Canada. And and so when you were sharing that, I was just like, oh, she gets it. <laughs> uh, you know what else I want to tell you about you guys that's so awesome? Canada provided all that treatment and help for Tim. He's still active duty. He's been promoted since then. They worked with him. They honored that he was wounded and that it was that was a healable wound. And it and this that doesn't always happen over here, sadly. And that's some a part of our play too, the fear that our warriors, our American warriors have of of opening up and admitting they're struggling because sometimes then they lose they lose so much. So um, kudos to Canada and the military there and how they took care of Tim. That, yeah, that is awesome because, well, and I've been doing a lot of work within the United States with, with veterans and that, but I have not talked to too many Canadians. Uh, if I know, you know, well, my uncle served a long time ago, but he's been gone for seven years so i never got sadly i never got a chance to talk to him about his time um you know we we would go see him when he was stationed elsewhere um occasionally but we never talked about his time and jeffrey says 
good hockey and really nice people in Canada. <laughs> I'll take that. Yes, go Leafs. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I know anybody who just heard me say go Leafs is probably groaning and moaning because we haven't won. I get it. We haven't won the Stanley Cup in, uh, since 19-whatever. Uh, <laughs> Last century. The, you know, <laughs> My my stepson can tell you the, the last time that they won the Stanley Cup. But anyways, he's not here right now. Uh, Kimberly has a, great Canadians and actors from Canada to shoot. Yes, John Candy was one of them. Yeah. Um, uh, and, oh, isn't isn't our main guy from The Matrix, isn't he Canadian too? I'm just waiting to see. Nope. No, I don't know. Reeves. A I was looking at Kimberly. I was looking I at Kimberly. Bobby she knows Bob. that. Remember yeah, Bob and Doug from the 70s? <laughs> no. You probably not, don't want to remember them. But anyway, let me just interject really quickly how honored I am to have Jeff here too, um, to share my story with a veteran. Um, that to me is one of uh, my goals with, you know, I I share my my first story about um, accepting and 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 supporting Danny and choosing love over fear and the gratitude I have, but the whole piece, the part about the cup, and the message that I received that I don't. A lot of veterans don't, you know, don't. They come home with missing pieces of their hearts that got left on the battlefield with their brothers and sisters like Danny, and and they don't have somebody to tell them, hey, that was. I mean, it hurts. It's painful. I'm never going to not hurt from it. But I also know that was Danny's destiny and not the destiny of our our precious warriors who come home. And that's why I want to tell that story, too, for them. Absolutely. Yes, I know. I've, I've talked to so many veterans that, you know, they have that. Not only do they struggle with their PTSD, but the fact the survivor guilt. Right. And, and, you know, like, what if we could have done this differently or that differently and having nightmares from that. And like you said, um, you know, our, each person's destiny is different and, yeah. and, you know, very thankful that you decided to get on board with Danny before, you know, all, everything happened so that you could, um, you know, he knew that he was loved and honored and, and cherished so that he could do his job without having to worry about, you know, mom back at home being upset. And it's funny because one of the angels 14 calls that I was on around veterans day was um, the families that are back home, the moms, the wives, uh, the girlfriends, it's you guys back home that makes them be able to do their job. Uh, with their head on straight and to just be able to focus on what they need to do because let's let's face it when you go into war you need your head on straight you can't think about what's going back at home right and and so they um and veterans say they had really stressed our veterans had really stressed that they just really wanted to say thank you to the spouses, to the moms, to, uh, you know, the ones that were holding everything back at home down so that they could focus 100% on what they needed to focus on. And I know uh, Jeffrey's wife is absolutely pivotal in him being successful in his career in the military because, it's, you know, he didn't even know half of what was going back on at home because she wouldn't tell him until after the crisis was reported, right? And so, um, so kudos to you, mom. <laughs> Good job. Yeah, that's that is so so true, and so many of our um, civilians don't understand that. I mean, they don't. They don't. I mean, and I say they like this because I was a I was civilian. So, and I, but now I'm a military family. But prior to that, I had no clue. I mean, we if you have a little bit of a clue of what our veterans are sacrificing. We don't have a clue what the families sacrifice and go through and the heart, the, the, every time there's a knock at the door, every time the, the phone rings late, if it's an off time, the knot, the knot in your stomach and your gut, you know, and um, that's one of the parts of the play last out deals with that. It shows both what's going on in Afghanistan and what's going on in the live at home. And, um, and there's a scene where Danny, the, the character's name is Danny too, which kind of um, is, a, and he's in Afghanistan and it won't ruin anything for me to tell you he dies in Afghanistan. It's part of the 
beginning of the play, but he has a hard time letting go. And he has to see what his family went through. And it's very, very powerful. And most couples that um, come to the show that are, you know, veteran and ones not, their drive home, it was, come, you know, words always come back to us. The drive home was always different from the drive there. Things were shared that they never knew, you know, and um, it's it's um, really powerful and and uh, and healing yeah. for everybody. That is so amazing. We're going to have to, when you know the 2024 schedule, let us know because I will have to make a point to get somewhere to watch it. I, I just, I, just by how you're talking about it, it's just okay. That's one of the things that is a must do for our 2024 season uh, here with Unstoppable Overcomers. And uh, with that, though, I'm going to bring up the lovely and amazing Kimberly Genovese, our roving reporter, who is all the way in, I believe, Arizona tonight. Uh, yes, so welcome. Welcome back this week, my partner, my friend. Yes, thank you. Thank you. It's so great to be here. Holly, you have been so amazing tonight. Everything that you guys are up to is just really incredible. And uh, it's just, it's a real privilege to get to be with you tonight. Thank you. Thank you for showing the world what's possible. Uh, you know, in a, in a, in a world where you know, I just the whole time you guys were were interviewing tonight, all I just I what just kept coming up for me was like, you know, war and and and, and armies and there's just the ridiculousness of it all, right? Like it just just a carnage of human sacrifice and you know, waste, just waste, just present to the waste of it all. Um, and yet, yeah, now see, Dorothy, now it's my turn to start crying. Just to be a bright light in the midst of all that. You know, there's, there's so many different ways you could go with it. And you choose to stay a bright light. And you, and you choose to bring just such a, a beauty and a grace. Oh, thank you. To it all. And it's, just, it's a real privilege to get to be here with you tonight. I, I appreciate those words. I really do. Thank you so much. Um, one of my favorite quotes is, um, and I don't know whoever said it because I haven't been able to find the person to give credit to, but I think it's some kind of paraphrase anyway, but that there are times when God uses our, our um, greatest pain to launch us into our most, most important calling. And that's yeah. what I feel this has done for me. I just, I am just, um, this is my greatest calling now that my kids are grown, that I can be there and help our warriors and their families to, to yeah. know that the, the pain's not going to go away. It won't. But that hope, peace, and joy can be restored and then coexists. And it makes the pain easier to carry for the rest of your life. It's it's really true, and so that's my calling. It, it it really is, and and what I what I hear in that is like the birthing, right? Birthing pains, you know, because I I absolutely agree, and I've gotten I've gotten to personally, I've gotten the gift of personally experiencing, right? And I dare say all of us have to varying degrees. It's it's part of getting to be a spirit in a human vessel, and and uh, and getting to choose what yes. we do with it. And if we do choose to have it be a birthing pain of transformation and transcendence, by golly, what a beautiful world we can be be part of and, and be living in. So it's it's an honor to carry light with you, Holly. Yes, I just really. thank you for your words. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, well, and with that, in the space that we have, which Dorothy ironically is 11 minutes and 11 seconds, I'm just saying, <laughs> of course I'm, it is. I'm not saying I'm just saying you know the angels are shining uh and I'm, I'm just giving up the Kimber space because you were so great to say it at the beginning but uh, so I'm gonna I said that and I'm just really quick 30 seconds thekimber.com check us out uh we are committed uh to your point Holly our um our logo is a lighthouse we bring light where there's darkness, right? Uh, and it's specifically inside of 
your dreams getting fulfilled and any concerns about scarcity or lack when it comes to, comes to time, money, and people. So um, please feel free to check us out. That being said, Holly, we would love to hear what your fundamentals are. Okay. <laughs> um, my first one, and this goes back to my story, is love, choosing love um, over fear and over everything. It is number one. Um, the next one is kindness. It is both of these are are things we can do. It's our choice. They're our choice. And we can always choose to be kind. And then the last one is being authentic. And again, it's a choice to be authentic in our love and our kindness. Holly, that's so great. And what I, Dorothy, what I got to give up is there's like a beep in the background and I'm praying it's not coming through in the transmission. So that's why I muted myself. Uh, Holly, I, I can't step over. I mean, obviously your fundamentals are very, they're not only fun, they are very simple, which is really, really great. And I love the conversation about kindness. So if I may, um, kind to, to make sure the audience is clear, when we talk about kindness, we're not talking about being nice. Um, oh, that is perfect. It is right? <laughs> My um, husband made an issue of that for so long to me. That nice is is not it, not where it's at. It's kindness. Yes. It's a different animal. They are. It's, they are nice, opposites. Yeah. Nice isn't always or often authentic. Well, <laughs> nice is right. <laughs> right. That has been the talk. Our talk of two thousand and twenty-three. <laughs> <laughs> so so so. so, so yeah, so to so make sure the audience is clear, they're very distinct and separate. And we're not saying um, in, in the unstoppable world, we're not saying that nice can't not be nice, right? But there are, there, 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 to be very, very clear that sometimes you got to really look at nice because sometimes nice by definition is you're saying something, to your point, Holly, you're not being authentic. You're not actually saying that which would make a difference. And you're more concerned about the conflict to say something that would actually be kind and make a difference for the other person. You're not willing to put yourself out there for the other person. You're just being nice, right? Uh, nice so. can be easy. Nice can be right. Easy. Amen. Oh, it's, easy. it's a whole nother ball, right? It's a yeah. whole nother ball. So, um, and, and kind is, uh, is all about the other person. Yep. Yep. It's, it's all about them. So, you know, just, uh, inside the world of the fundamentals and making sure uh, love is love is love, right? This isn't so beautiful, right? And authenticity is pretty straightforward, right? You're either naked or you're not. I like to say, <laughs> There's no, there's no in between. You're naked or you're not. <laughs> you're pointing out the difference between kindness and nice. And nice is so awesome because that's a, been a big topic in our house. So thank you for. Yeah, you're that. so welcome. And I just want to make sure they were clear because as far as the audience goes. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's been such a privilege uh, to get to do the fundamentals with you tonight. Dorothy, back to you. Rich, 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 rich episode. Uh, <laughs> love it, and you know it. It's it's so nice to. Um, now I'm going to use the word nice in this. It's so nice. <laughs> I knew you were, I knew you were going to say that. It is so nice to be able to, uh, you know, share these stories. They're heartfelt. They're authentic. They're real. This is not some kind of story that is. Uh, well, who knows? It could be a movie one day. But um, the thing that is, it is life transformation for everybody involved, right? From the person that it happened to, to the people that hear it, because they re they realize the, like, okay, watching Private Ryan or something like that, that shit is actually real. You know, um, you know, it does happen. And it just goes to show you that, you know, Holly is a mom that has lost her son out in battle. And, you know, this does this 
affects a lot of different people. Um, so thank you, Holly, for being authentic and sharing your story. And like I said, that's the second time I've heard it. I, I don't think I cried the first time. This this time it was just, I don't know, it was a lot. I mean, it was powerful both times, but I don't know, it just hit me hard. I've been watching a lot of those uh, soldiers coming home uh, reels on uh, TikTok and I cry every single time. Um, and, you know, and, and anyways, it, it's just one of those things that it should be, it should be year round, not just at Christmas, but unfortunately it happens more at Christmas. Uh, and I got to go play Saint, not Santa, I guess, but I, I got to go do that with my nephew this weekend out in Illinois. And uh, so that was exciting. I did, I did do a video, but I haven't posted it yet. I I'm debating because it's kind of raw on his end. So who knows? Well, you I'll, could play inside you. of Holly's fundamentals and just put it out there. I could authentically. do that. Yeah. Authentically, I could do that. Yes. Stay tuned, folks. I'll get it out by the end of the week. I, there's a little bit of editing. There's too much, uh, too much uh, dead air at the beginning of that video. So I got to I gotta tighten it up a bit. But yeah. <laughs> In the spirit of being authentic, we will do that. Yeah. Absolutely. I heard you also being kind and loving in editing the video. In editing. That's kind. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much to all our listeners uh, for tuning in with us. And thank you so much, Holly, for sharing your story. What an incredible story. Um, you'll definitely have to let us know when the new, when the new plays come out, we will make it a priority to, uh, get in there and see at least one or dates we have a website for the play it's lastoutplay.com and that it's so easy you know lastoutplay.com and there and we'll have our we have a schedule but right now it just had our final our final show which was last week okay perfect i'll put that in here in the comments it takes a second sorry my computer is there we go. Lastoutplay.com. Go yeah. check that out. Get a hold of their, their 2024 schedule. Uh, come join us as we go see Holly and we watch this play and bring tissues. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Bring tissues. <laughs> I usually try to make sure my families all have them because that's my job. I take care of those families of the fallen that I bring in and reach out to before the play. But yeah, be, be sure you have tissues and. Um, and know that, you know, our play is really just a breach, uh, um, a breaching tool for emotional breaching tool. And we use that because that's storytelling. And then we have our workshops and and storytelling, um, you know, it, it heals the heart and it mends, mends the soul. And it, it goes back long before we ever had written word. Storytelling is how we remember things. We And we've lost that in writing and, and data and there's a book called Death by PowerPoint that we quote in our workshop about how only, you know, 8% of the people remember about 8% of what data when they walk out of a PowerPoint presentation, but a story they'll remember. So Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why we have this platform so people can share their stories. So the yeah. world to hear. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Uh, again for sharing your story guys we have a giveaway uh we are starting the before i forget i am uh, before we wrap this completely up we are doing a 12 days of christmas giveaway but there is something that you have to do in order to get your name in there you have to sign up yes you must sign up i'm putting it in the comments right now so if you go to this uh, is in the comments, so don't worry. You don't have to memorize this long thing here, this long Google form. But go uh, fill out the Google form, put, get your name in the draw. We are doing 12 days of Christmas giveaways where if you are a creator, we're giving away uh, a month where you can put your content on our channel. Uh, there'll be books, um, each copy of my book. Uh, plus, I have an extra copy of Created No Way Out here. Plus, we are doing uh, coaching, uh, a free hour coaching session, not only with myself, but with uh, a health and wellness session with April uh, Pankin. Um, so definitely 
it's going to be an exciting 12 days. We will start drawing at five o'clock tomorrow. We'll do a quick draw for everybody who, um, who's in there, but keep signing up each day. We want to hear from you. Um, so yeah, that is our gift back to you guys, um, for, for joining us each week. So get that form filled out. Thank you so much. And guys, don't forget, be unstoppable in all that you do. And remember, same time, same channel as next week. Bye for now.